Hello, everyone. Welcome back to season two, episode two of Grown Ups the Podcast. Hi, Ellie. Hello, everybody. Hi, Maggie. How is everyone? We're actually recording this on the Monday, so we too are feeling whatever you're feeling today, sad. I know. I'm, really, I'm trying to have this hype for the, for this episode, but it's a really a Monday. <laughs> you know what? I was even thinking to myself today, I was like, I'm going to join this episode. I'm going to feel good, like I've been productive. Tell me what I've been doing life admin all morning. <laughs> it gets like that. Side. Yeah. It does indeed. How was your weekend? It was lovely. I'm trying to think of what. Oh, do you know what? This weekend was actually so nice. You know, you just have a quick. I remember. Yeah. Um, I saw secondary school friends and one of the girls in our group we hadn't seen for seven years. Whoa. Yeah, it was mad. Like she just, I think she just had a period of life where she was just going to do her. So she came off social media. And then she rejoined recently and we were like, oh my God, like come meet up. And it was so nice. It was like nothing had changed. Like it was just so lovely. That's really nice. You really do have those friends that you don't have to see all the time. But when you do, it's like, yeah, we can just talk and it's not awkward, anything like that. Yeah, exactly. And then normal family Sunday. So this weekend was actually so nice. How about you? I had a really good weekend as well. Yesterday I went to this faded event and I Mm. think, I don't know if I'm getting old yet. (laughs) But my ears are ringing. Like, the music was so loud. Oh, girl. Sorry. But also, an event on a Sunday, you and me, you're just different. You know what? We need to actually talk about this in a different episode. But I'm so for Sunday events. Like... In the evening or the afternoon? It started at three. So I was home oh. by, like, midnight. No, no, no. If you could... I just realised that people can't see my face unless I talk. Oh yeah. But the faces I'm pulling right now, like, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Can I just say as well, is it not more nerve-wracking that now we're on YouTube? We're on YouTube, guys. But now it's yes, like everybody. people are seeing us for the whole 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna like guys, before we were looking rough. I mean, we still don't I mean I don't look very glamorous, but <laughs> like there were some episodes where we were looking really rough. Or like uh, we had to chop and change so much. Yeah. Now we're like, there's no mistakes because you're gonna see the whole shebang. Yeah, no reckon. <laughs> yeah, our link to our YouTube is on our Instagram. Everything's connected. It's just at Grown Ups the podcast. Or if, if you just type up type in Grown Ups, it will come up. We're easy yes. to find. We are. We are on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, Gmail, but <laughs> <laughs> everything. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, should we jump into this week's? dilemma that inspired the pod yes let's do it okay fab right and thanks guys sorry for sending in your dilemmas please keep them coming like you can send them to us anywhere instagram or um gmail grownupsofpodcast.gmail.com right yes exactly okay hey both love listening to the dilemmas you get in so thought i would write in my own on a subject i don't think you've touched yet i'm 27 and i feel like 30 the age at which society says we should have our shit together. <laughs> yep. It is quickly approaching. Call me crazy, but I give far too much time and energy to worry about what I will and won't have achieved by the time I reach that dreaded age. Mm-hmm. One of which is I actually sorry, do you do you worry about getting to 30? No, I think it's a blessing. I like yeah, I can't wait to get that. to 30. I'm like, thank God I'm getting to 30. I, I don't I don't I'm not scared about aging at all. I think it's a beautiful thing and we're lucky to be aging love that yeah I'm I'm not worried but we'll keep going we'll keep going mm. 
maybe I will be by the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> right, sorry. Um, so she's spending too much time worrying about what she will and won't achieve by 30. One of which is I seriously doubt I will have my own house. I've not lived at home since before I went to university because I've always wanted to be independent and free. But I obviously can't afford, I obviously couldn't afford to buy a house straight out of university at the age of 21. So I've rented ever since. Don't get me wrong. It's nice to be able to move around or to call someone when the cooker breaks or there's a leak and to not have to pay for it yourself. Mm -hmm. But as you can imagine, I haven't saved very much over the past few years while covering my rent, household bills and all of that. There isn't really a set question to my dilemma. I guess I just wanted to hear your opinion on whether renting is for the young, on whether buying a house is what makes you an adult, or whether I'm just totally overthinking. Thanks. Okay. I think that it's, that's a, it's a great question. It's a great discussion because, first of all, the whole getting to 30 things and worrying about what you've, you'll have achieved by then. We've spoken about this in season one, but really time is such a construct like you can achieve mm. amazing things at 18 or at 52. Like there's no set, but I think society has such this thing on by 30, you have to be here. here. No, be wherever you want to be. <laughs> okay. I literally saw something yesterday on Instagram. It was like, don't quote me, but Obama retired at 55 and Donald Trump, not inspirational, but started at 70. So yeah, you can achieve it. anything at any time. Exactly. So honestly release us off these shackles of age <laughs> restrictions because we don't need it like you can do whatever you want at whatever age it's it's your life you direct it but in regards to housing I think that's very realistic most people in their 20s do not own a house yet so that's very normal and the reality is that a lot of people can't even though they're paying rent they don't have money to save up and to invest into other things or to save up for a mortgage and stuff like that so again no stress about that but what are your thoughts Ellie do you want to buy a house yeah I mean I talk about this all the time yeah obviously I think I've seen sisters who have done it both ways like some rent now and some own um, and for me, I just liked the the owning route. I've always wanted to go into property development and stuff like that. So it made sense for me. But I genuinely think like, I think the European structure is renting. Like most people don't buy it. And I appreciate that it gives you like flexibility and freedom to move around. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's a problem with renting. Obviously the way rents are increasing right now is a little bit scary in terms of like maintaining your finances and stuff like that. So you do have to be careful. But I definitely want to put pressure on yourself to buy it. You can buy when you're like 40 something. There's no yeah. rush. And you might buy that one home and it'd be your forever home. Especially yeah. if you want to like shuffle around. Like you might want to try London. You might want to try Manchester or like Southeast London, Northeast London, like to try and find out where you want to stick. Yeah. Um. And there's a lot that goes into buying a house. And once you've bought that house, like let's say you get a five year fixed mortgage. You're stuck in that house for five years, by the way, unless you want to pay to come out. So maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe you don't want that. That's more shackles, isn't it? So More shackles. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Like my parents just bought a house and they're in their 50s. Like you, there's, mm. it, you can do it at any phase of your life. That's something that you really want to do, but you don't have to. Like you don't have to feel like you haven't accomplished something if you don't own a house yet. That that's, doesn't have to be what the standard is. It's not a massive thing at the moment as well at work. Like, obviously, I work in the property sector and, like, 
retirement homes, like rented retirement homes with am- amenities like you've never seen before, like mm-hmm. weekly events, cinema rooms, this and that, like hair salons. It's the new thing. Like, I do not think buying a house or like owning your own home makes you an adult. Like if there's something you aspire to do, amazing. If it's not, you don't need to. There's rental products for people of all ages and you can have the most glamorous life in these places. Like build to rent at the moment is amazing. I completely agree. I've actually seen these retirement villages. I saw them, they're really um, common in Florida. And literally, as you said, there's events, there's gyms, there's saunas, there's people that are looking after you. Like you can get so many, and that's all renting. You can get such a variety of services at these kind of places that it really, yeah, there's so many options out there. It doesn't have to be that you own a home and that's the be all end all. Yeah, I think renting as well is massive for community. Like if you're like Maggie and you like a good social life, then fantastic. Please don't feel like you've not achieved something because you're not buying a house next year. Like it's yeah. not that deep at all. No, not at all. But this did make us ask our Instagram followers. Um, we put a little poll up. So we asked, do you aspire to own your own home? So the options were most definitely and no, don't want to be tied down. What do you think people said? So you know what? I went to a talk recently, yeah, and it was, it was a build to rent talk, like about renting. And they were like, this younger generation, they don't want to own their own homes. They they all want to rent. So I'm going to go with that. Oh, Because really? these are professional people, but let's see. Okay. So actually, 96% said most definitely. Only 4% mad. said no. Isn't that mad? So they lied. (laughs) These conferences, you know, you can't trust everything you hear. 96% of our followers want to buy a house. That's so interesting. Wait, so these build to rent projects, they're built and no one's allowed to buy it. There's just like one corporation that owns it. That's the landlord, essentially. Yeah, investors will buy like massive blocks. And typically because they're built to rent, they'll be like the more superior products and they'll have all the amenities and stuff right they're the fancy ones most most of them are a bit fancy I guess you can have some that are less so oh okay I didn't know that even existed I didn't know that was a thing yeah well you get to go around them at work and I'm not gonna lie they're so cool like they're lovely and some of them have like swimming pools and gyms and then is the rent fixed because it's owned by these investors or is it is it still Um, variable yeah, variable. You can tie in for like some people. I've seen somewhere they tie in for a year. I've seen somewhere they tie in for like thirty-two months, um, and then yearly it'll probably go up with like CPI and inflation. I assume like it just keeps going up. Okay. So yeah, I'm surprised. Sorry that most people want to own their own home. Me too. I don't know. I guess yeah. I guess a lot of people see houses as like investments. Yeah. But. Interesting. Should we see what some of the responses were? Yes. So we asked why people think like this. So one of the responses, if I do have kids, I want them to get I want to give them the security I never had. So I guess if That's you're like cute. Yeah, if to be honest, I do get this because I like growing up where I lived in Brazil and I've lived here, and in Brazil we lived in two different states. I moved around a lot when I was younger and then in the UK moved around a lot as well. Um, mm-hmm. 
personally I didn't mind it I thought it was fine but I can see how like you'd want to provide somewhere secure that's just one place for your child and they can keep coming back to and that's their home that's their one place yeah I actually had I had the opposite so my parents have lived in the hot they're, they're the same house that like, the whole entire the whole entirety of my life mm-hmm. my, my whole entire life lord it's Monday <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I moved out for uni and like for a year with one of my sisters. But I kind of think that's inspired me more to try new places and see where suits me best. But do you um, like coming back home and there's that one place that you grew up in? Like, does it feel really homely? Do you like that or do you not notice it? This is so ill, but home for me is where the people are. Oh, <laughs> um, like if my parents sold this house, I wouldn't cry. If they, I'd, I'd, I'd want them to move to the beach. I'm like, mom, dad, can you please like buy a house in Cornwall so I can come stay there instead? No, um, literally. But one of my sisters actually said the other day, she was like, God forbid, but obviously after my parents have passed on, she was like, we can't sell this house, guys. We have to keep it. She was like, we all grew up here. Our kids have grown up here. She was like, Mad. this house is like hereditary. Like it's a, it's imprinted in our lives. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? It's so true. Like home really is where the people are because mm-hmm. as I said, my so I feel like I'm going to talk about this 70 times on this particular <laughs> episode, but my parents moved out. They moved um, to Devon last year. And literally when I go there, I feel completely at home. Like I, even when I, like when I'm saying, oh, I'm going to Devon this weekend, I'm like, I'm going home this weekend. I've never lived there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not technically <laughs> my home, but it is home. Like it does feel like home. So I do feel like you can still get that feeling without, having to own a home but I understand why someone would want that yeah I love that oh my god honestly like my parents don't watch this but I'm gonna go downstairs and tell them today like mom do you want to move to the beach (laughs) (laughs) trying to have like a holiday type home vibe yeah exactly I love it I love it um someone said what else have we got I want to paint the walls (laughs) that's why they want to own a home (laughs) that's a serious renter right there that's that is yeah, that's one techie thing with like not owning the home is how much you can put your own stamp on it, I guess. Yes, that's very true. But I do I do think that you can there's a lot you can do to make it your own, but I guess if yeah, if you're someone that really wants blue walls or whatever, you can't do that. So the freedom to be able to decorate as you please that does make sense. Yeah, agreed. And actually, now that I think about it, as rents are rising, I feel like you want that security. Mm. to know like if you've decorated this home really beautifully to know that you can stay here for at least a good two three years or whatever but actually maybe when your lease comes up you might even not be able to afford then to live there next year yeah that's so true that's literally what's happening to one of my friends at the moment they're having to move because the rent's been increased so much that by when their lease is ending they're like well I'm not gonna come back because it's actually ridiculous yeah it's mental at the moment mental um, I've got a longer one. <laughs> yeah. I got a longer one here. So someone said, I don't mind owning a home. It's not high up on my to-do list as I'm young. I may want to move town, city, or even country. And a house is a whole load of logistics. But if I do ever buy, best believe it will be alone. I couldn't enjoy that endure the hassle of splitting the house itself and everything in it if a friendship or relationship broke up. Oh, <laughs> they said independence. I'm not. They said I trust no one. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate the like logistics side of it, but I don't want to live alone. I actually don't. The thing is, 
I guess if your name is on the mortgage, your partner can still live with you and contribute towards your mortgage without their name being on it. So you don't have to split the assets if you do end up splitting. Um, mm. But it's different, another whole different kettle of fish when you're married. That's that's a lot. But I mean, you shouldn't go into a marriage thinking you're going to get divorced. So <laughs> Yeah, God forbid. But I imagine like I bought the sofa. Yeah, but I bought the fridge. <laughs> yeah, no, it will get to petty things like, but the kettle is mine. Like, <laughs> take the kettle. And then you're in your next property and you've got like a white kettle, a black toaster, some yeah. blue sofa. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. No. That's all long. I, get, I hear you. I hear you. It is. Um, someone said you can do whatever you want to, whatever you want to do because you own the building you live in and it's an investment. So again, yeah, you've got that. That is, it is a really good investment because historically houses have always increased in price as opposed to decreased um so it is a good investment yeah I agree but I think also like for those people if there are people just like the person who wrote in like if you're sitting there worrying about oh my god can I afford a house or like am I ready to buy a house just think it is a good investment but at the same time if that dishwasher does break you're fixing that if the roof is finished you're fixing that and they're all very expensive guys listen i need to get my toilet maggie knows <laughs> it's the why are they quoting me 380 pounds to fix the toilet bowl like it's a joke i literally i was telling my friend about it so she was like maggie get up the youtube i'm coming over we'll do it together i said i don't want to <laughs> i don't <laughs> want to do it <laughs> Like my legs is in the house. No, I don't want to. Like it's actually time consuming. I want to pay someone to do it and to do it properly. But it's these things are so expensive. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I did not meet Billy when he was in the trades, but now he is. Mate, that guy's stuck to me. I'm never leaving him. <laughs> you secured the bag, Ellie. The bag because. <laughs> You will never have to worry about things like this. Like, he can do it. You've got to fix her up at home. Yeah, mate. Toilet broken. Billy. Roof's leaking. Billy. If you get anything from this episode, marry a plumber. <laughs> Honestly, guys, I'm telling you, men in the trades, they're on serious things. <laughs> I recommend. <laughs> and they mostly work around men, so. <laughs> no competition. I was talking about this the other day yeah no work romances there no work wife no work husband please no concerns it's lovely <laughs> right we've got any other different ones i think i think a lot of them like were pretty similar um someone said i don't want to settle in one place which yeah basically that's what we touched on imagine if like you want to move abroad we spoke about that last episode or something like that. Like, it's nice to have the freedom and the flexibility to do so without thinking, oh my God, I need to sell my house. Especially the way the market is right now. Like, house prices realistically are dropping in most places. Interest yeah. rates are rising. Like, there's definitely not not as much demand as there was before. So yeah. if you now need to move for your job or want to move right now, you might make a loss. Like, you might lose a bit on what you paid for the house. So yeah, it's not always easy. Let's talk about the current state of what's going on at the moment, because the problem is, is that house prices have always, prices have always been spenny, like that's not new, whatever, different mm -hmm. thing. But 
because of the um, Bank of England base rate, that has increased, which means there's higher interest rates. So whereas before a mortgage, you'd get an interest rate of like one to 2%, like that's what you'd be paying back. Like the interest rate was around one to 2%. And now it's on average five to 6%. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like people, their mortgages that they were paying 600 pounds a month for has now gone up to like 1,200 a month. It's it's crazy that the prices are astronomical, which obviously if you're a homeowner, that impacts you because that's your mortgage rates. But if you're renting, that impacts you because now your landlord has to pay more, therefore you have to pay more. So I'm very, my kind of state of this at the moment is first of all, shambles. <laughs> Second of all, I don't know if I want to own a home for that last point that you said, because of, I don't know if I want to live, I don't know where my forever place is yet. I don't know if it's in the UK. It might be, but I don't know if it's in the UK, if it's in London, if it's out of London, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's in Europe. I don't know where I'm going. So like for me, it doesn't make sense to set roots in one place yet. Whereas you're the opposite, right? Yeah, do you know, I love, we could be bringing you this pod internationally, guys, depending <laughs> on where Maggie's going. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I completely agree. And I love that. Like it is about setting roots when you buy a house because that's most likely going to be where you live for a while. Um, for me, yeah, it's, for me, it's all about investment. Like it's all to do with investment. It's all to do with my future. Like this first house that I buy, I need to buy now because within the next five years, I want to buy another one. So mm. I need to get on the ladder. Mm. Um, and whilst interest rates are rising like crazy, house prices are also dropping. So it doesn't seem daft for me as a first time buyer mm-hmm. to grab house houses whilst they're selling at a lower price and then to gain in terms of equity. Yeah. Um, the reality is interest rates, this might be the new normal. Yes. Like realistically, when my parents were buying their house, um, they were paying way more in terms of interest. Back in the day, they're like interest rates were like 13%. One to two percent was unheard of. Right. So who knows what's going to happen? But yeah, for me, this is a stepping stone. Um, I don't want to say like, I'd absolutely love to try new places, move abroad or whatever. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't sell the houses. In the end, the idea is to rent them out or to sell and make a profit, but still keep like a portfolio. Yeah. So I think it all depends. This is I, when I was looking up before this episode on why people choose to buy or rent. And the people were saying that if you're not someone who wants to buy a house, which I think that might be me at the moment, I don't know, my mind will change. Um, but in, so the deposit that people are saving up to put for a house deposit, and that's your equity, that's what your, um, that's the piece of asset that you're going to own and your investment instead of, so still save up for something like a deposit, but with your savings, invest into something else. So it doesn't have to be a house. It can be in other things. But I think it's easier to understand the concept of investing into a house because it's quite common. Whereas when it comes to investing in other things, people are like, well, what other things? And how do I invest? And it feels like you need to know more almost. But there are a lot of things out there that can help you with that. So if it's the idea of owning something or growing your money, there's more than one way to do it. Don't have doesn't have to have to be through a house. So you know what? That's 110% true. Because 
realistically I could put my money in stocks and shares but I have no bloody clue what's going on (laughs) yeah exactly I wouldn't know where to start whereas houses my parents own homes some of my sisters own homes I know exactly what happens to their well I know exactly what can happen um and the risks that you're taking and also I work in property so literally I hear every week about what's going on in the property market house prices and stuff like that so for me it feels a lot safer but realistically they're actually probably pretty risky yeah they're risky assets um so yeah get clued up in whatever you want to invest in it really doesn't have to be the housing market and it doesn't have to be anything you don't have to invest in anything if you don't want to that's not everyone's bag (laughs) I mean do you know what I mean guys I have to share this story of when my parents bought a house this is the last time I'm going to mention it but (laughs) it was such a nightmare because it was right when so this was last year I don't know if you'll remember when the interest rates were changing so they were literally in that period of time where everything was changing and um this was after the mini budget in it yes blew the UK apart (laughs) yes exactly so when you get accepted for a mortgage, you have a certain amount of time before you, you're allowed, you sign the papers that you have the keys, that your keys get handed over to you. If the keys aren't hand, and because my parents did it through uh, help to buy ISA, RIP, because that doesn't exist anymore. Um, when you get a help to buy ISA, you had to buy a new house. It had to be a new build. It couldn't be an existing house. So in order for the mortgage to go through, they needed confirmation that the house was done and that everything had been signed off on. And you have a deadline for this. Now, because of the madness that was going on around the the UK, their deadline got extended because the house was taking long to be built, basically. Now, it's the day of the deadline. And the only thing that's stopping from the house being signed off is someone going over there and doing a safety check to check that all the wires are okay, all the pipes are okay, like it's all good, basically. So it's the day of the deadline. The guy goes over to check the house. It seems all good. He gives us a phone confirmation that, yeah, it's all good. I just need to send it off by email, just going back to the office to do it now. Bearing in mind, the deadline is at 5 p.m. today. Mm -hmm. So we're waiting, waiting, waiting. It's like 3 p.m. We've heard nothing. So we call the, the the middlemen between us and him. And they said he's gotten he, on his way back to the office where he was going to send the confirmation. He got into a car crash and is now in the hospital. I remember this. Guys, oh if they didn't God. sign this, that means they would have had to get apply for a new mortgage on the new interest rate, which was like five, it was it was something ridiculous. Like we would have not, I say we, <laughs> they would have not been able to buy a house. Like it would have been impossible. Like imagine all of these little things happening. Luckily, he just had like, a con- it wasn't anything serious, thank God for everyone. And he managed to send off the email just in time. So they managed to get the house with the mortgage rate that they'd been promised before and they didn't have to reapply and stuff like that. But guys, buying a house is stressful. There's so much more than you think that you think I've got the money. Cool, let's do it. No, you have to be accepted onto a mortgage. They have to have life insurance. There's so many things beyond just putting the money down. Crazy. It's mental. It is actually mental. So if it's not for you, it's not for you at the end of the day. Shall we jump into our news story, our new feature? 
Yes. What What are we talking about this week, Ellie? What's going on? We're talking about teacher strikes. Three of my sisters are teachers, so this is all I hear about. Um, and they had a strike on the 7th of July. So in the news, teachers across England represented by the NEU will walk out on Wednesday, the 5th of July and Friday, 7th of July. The NEU has staged five national and three regional strike days in 2023 and could continue its action into the next academic year. Boy. My first immediate thoughts when I read this year was I thought they'd striked way more. What was that? Was that like seven days or something or eight days? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A couple of days. Um, but it feels like they're striking all the time. I know my brother is obviously in school and he's at home all the time because there's so many strikes but it's frustrating because they're striking and nothing is happening and when Mm. you strike you don't get paid so if you choose to strike that means you're not getting paid for that and one of our friends is a teacher she was saying she lost out on like 700 pounds from striking like that's a lot of money that people are willing to put on the line in order to get what they want it's actually crazy do you know what like part of me obviously I agree the salary should be increased like there's a cost of living crisis so on and so forth and having known teachers are actually deep how hard they work like I think before when you don't know people that are teachers you think oh 13 weeks off a year they're absolutely chilling who do they think they are hmm. um but having seen them in action it's like rather you than me they (laughs) need the 13 weeks give them 15 (laughs) honestly yeah so so on one hand I totally understand like how else are you going to get people to take you seriously and to give you a raise but on the other hand I'm like kids have had so much disruption to their education over the last like three to five years Mm. I don't know like teachers are meant to be caring and want to help their students but at the same time you're risking their education by taking sporadic days off here and there and it's so disruptive for parents like imagine if one of the parents is a doctor how are they going to get childcare and stuff like that um but then I guess it is meant to be disruptive because they need a pay rise to live like it's I don't know where I stand on it personally fuck them kids (laughs) (laughs) because do you know what it is like yes you're so right they have had a lot of disruption to their education it's peak especially with covid and all of that Mm. the thing the problem is when i like at work i ask for a raise in line with inflation and for other reasons whatever i can do that and they can and we can negotiate back and forth with teachers they can't they have to accept the the baseline and they there's not really room to get a raise unless you're going to become head of department or whatever. But that's also like that's one person in a whole department. That's not everyone that can do that. You can't renegotiate your salary with the governments. This is almost what they're this is what they're fighting for. And it's not only their pay, but it's also in with the children in mind, because the problem at the moment is schools are getting funded funds cut. So. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of classes that can't happen anymore because there's just not enough funding to do it, especially in the arts and the the creative side of things as well. So there's a lot. Actually, they're fighting for resources for kids so that they can have a better education in the long run. Listen, this government don't listen unless you do something radical. And it's a shame that this is at the end of the day, someone is suffering. It is the kids. And I remember even at uni when our lecturers would strike it's like 
I've, this is my final year. <laughs> Stop striking because mm-hmm. I need the lessons, <laughs> like, please. But at the same time, it's yeah, it's really difficult. It's such a fine line. And I, I see the struggle and it's I, I really hope that the government start listening and do something about it so they can stop striking and go back to school and teach the kids. <laughs> yeah, it's all techie, all, all techie, but we'll see what happens with that. I do agree with what you're saying, Like we can we can be like, give me a pay raise or we're jumping ship. Yeah, Whereas exactly. Where are you jumping ship it's... to? The same job, the same price, the same <laughs> wage, like... <laughs> Yeah, it's actually pretty hard. I agree. Um, but good luck to them. Good luck, teachers. We're thinking of you. Rather you than me. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, let's go to something more lighthearted. Our final feature of the pod is our glass door review. Let's see how good this week's one is. So glass door typically have like pros and cons. So I feel like this is a big, big company, this one. It was high pay, well-recognized company, but that's it for the pros. Cons. Said the only good thing about it is the fact that you know who this company is. <laughs> and the pay was It's the right. name on your CV. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Um, cons. Bonus is next to nothing. If you did the job well, you got a certificate saying something like employee of the quarter and a hundred pound check. Pathetic, I would say. Oh. <laughs> I'll take the hundred pound. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, but yeah, it's better than nothing. Like you're being rewarded, isn't it? Do Wait, what? at work, what kind of incentive incentives do you get? Because you're not impressed by that hundred pound, but I really am. I was just about to say. So we have like a thing every, I think it's every quarter as well, and you put names forward. And I got like, you get recognized or you get like an award. I got recognized and there was an array of options to pick from. Like I could have picked a headset. I could, I, p- I picked a plant cause I'm cute. Um, <laughs> but there was like plants, there was like wine. There was loads of different stuff. But if you got an award, one of my colleagues got an Apple watch. Wow. Oh my yeah, God. My firm are pretty good. I think in terms of recognizing your value. That is really good. We like, unfortunately, because I work for an NGO, we just don't have money to do things like that. So like, <laughs> we we don't do that. But that's really cool. I think it's so good to have incentives. Yeah, it's mad. I was like, when he said, when he come, I actually got my Apple Watch because I was inspired by him. But um, <laughs> yeah, when he said, I was like, damn, that's lit. That's lit. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but it gets worse. So... <laughs> Expect to work 60 plus hours per week, including weekends. So Uh if you have a family, I would recommend to either find another job or to ask your parents less friends to look out for your husband or wife to make sure they're not cheating on you. Here's a funny term getting passed around in X company. When you work for X company, if you are single, expect to continue to be single. If you are married, expect a divorce. Damn. They said the only good thing about this company is the pay, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, boy. It's a hard life. I definitely would recommend reading Glassdoor reviews before going into any job. Sometimes they have interview questions and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, but working overtime for free, not my portion, unless you're rewarded in other ways with like a really supportive team, team days out. Yeah. Like you're given the time back in other ways. Yeah, which is or- how I work right now. Like I'm happy to work overtime because I yeah. get gifted other stuff in other ways. 
Yeah, I feel like also sometimes if you know you're working overtime, if you because you're going to deliver on this project, if you deliver on this project, then they're going to consider you for manager or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I guess at some points it it could be beneficial. But I find it hilarious that people actually leave reviews like this. Like, how can you actually say things like this about the company you work for? Like, it, wow, people are brave. Yeah, I must admit, I've only worked in like other little retail jobs, but I've never left a review. Once I left a review, <laughs> I think I told you, I can't remember if I told you. So I got a job at like a shoe shop in retail and someone I knew helped me get the job. I worked there for no more than two weeks. And if the shoes weren't like, and I'm OCD by the way, so this is just extra. If the shoes weren't perfectly lined up and put back in like all the right places before you left, they wouldn't let you leave. They'd be like, your section's not done. Sorry, someone is coming on after me to clean okay. that section. Relax. Nah. Um, so when I left, I left a bad review thinking that it would go to like HR or the head of the company. It went to the manager. Friend of mine, someone who still worked there and got me the job. No, that's embarrassing. Yeah, awkward. Yeah, retail is so annoying with things like that. Like I remember I had to, and I will call them out, Sports Direct, <laughs> because they really paid minimum of minimum wage. And I remember I had to fold like the sleeves of tops a certain direction. I'm like, allow it. Like if I could have left a review, I absolutely would have. But I don't know if I would do that today. Don't know. I feel like that's what your um, exit interviews are for to mm. give that feedback. But then I guess you want the people to know. It's difficult. Yeah, and I think if I was treated terribly and I wasn't being bitter, but I almost wanted to inform people this is reality, be careful, then I would. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, stay in your interview, exit interview and hope for the best. You're done with that place. Agreed. And on that note, we're done with this week's pod. We absolutely (laughs) are. Thank you so much for listening. We are here every Monday at 6 a.m. DM us on Growing Up to the Podcast on Instagram. Or email us at turn off the podcast at gmail.com. Bye. Bye, everybody.